too. How you doing? All right. What's up? Good, man. Thanks what for having me on. on. Of course. Uh, I mean, on, I, I'm just uh, filing my weekly claim for uh, for unemployment through the state of Washington, <laughs> and that's, of course, to no avail. Jeez. Uh, so you do yeah. it every week? That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what you have to that's what you have to do if you're uh if, if you're unemployed or if you're a freelancer uh like like I am with uh you know basically no uh, like very minimal work going on right now. Um and for whatever reason my claims keep getting denied and uh the call, like the phone line is too full for them to answer. Uh so I'm <laughs> just basically I'm basically just fucking myself and lucky that I have enough savings to you know keep me afloat. Oh yeah. So first off, I don't think we ever even talked about this when we met. Um, remember, where, what was that? Vinador. Vinador. Yeah, yeah. Vinador. Yeah, I think the place oh, went really? out of business. Did it really? Yeah. 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 Probably just recently. <laughs> but um, uh, well, no. Like, like I think I think it went out of business like last fall sometime. Oh um, really? Yeah. It was. Uh, I like. I think they might be. Uh, I, I guess like giving it a, a huge makeover or something, but um, yeah, like I saw on Instagram, they they're just like, yeah, we're we're done. Um, okay, okay. But, well, first uh, off, yeah, but did you did you know that I'm from? Where are you from? And are you from Seattle? Yeah. Um. So like like I I grew up on Bainbridge Island. Okay. Uh, and and that was I think that was like the focal point of of our meeting. Uh, <laughs> as it, were we talking about that? I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or since, since you said you were you were also from like the Seattle area and stuff. Uh, um, I'm from Bothell. Bothell, okay, yeah. Yep, yep. So how long have you been down here? Um, I've been here since uh, let's see, I guess February of last year. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, I I had been living in New York, and um, I was there for four years. Got burned out at my job, quit, and then oh. um, I moved out to the desert. In uh, so I, I live in Joshua Tree, but um, yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I do comedy, um, you know, when there isn't a pandemic, and um, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, so LA is a place I'll, I'll go sometimes, so yeah, you kind of remind me of uh, you know, Doug Stanhope. Oh, dude, yeah, he, he's he's my number one, uh, really I'm well aware and <laughs> derivative, dude. That's so crazy that <laughs> like, we didn't even. That's that's so funny that I can't believe he's your favorite person. And I just wrote that down. You remind me of Doug Stanhope because you're out in the desert, and you're you know uh, it, it, it it's uh it's inspiring. Uh, <laughs> like, like like it's not because of him that I moved to that I moved you know to the desert like like a desert area, but I think it it does uh, speak volumes about how similar our personalities are, uh, and, and just like how our minds work. Are you as crazy of a partier as he is? Because that's like his thing, you know. Yeah, I, I know. He, well, he drinks a lot. I, I don't know if he yeah. really parties anymore, but um, like, like I definitely don't. Yeah, I, I I mostly don't drink. I just take a lot of psychedelics and uh, and, and smoke weed. Um, of course, but uh, <laughs> out there in yeah, the desert, so, dude, oh, I bet it's incredible. I bet the psychedelics are pretty are pretty fun out there. That's the best place to be. Just out in the desert in Joshua Tree. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it, um, it's like wide open. Does it help your like creative thoughts? Yeah, completely. Because like I've got 
I've got a big, you know, ADD brain. And, you know, when I was living in New York, it was so claustrophobic there and I didn't realize it. Um, you know, I just figured I had ADD and that was just not workable with, uh, or it was hard to work that into society. But, um, out here in the desert, like, you know, Joshua trees, uh, population 5,500. Um, Ooh. and like, I've never had my shit more together. It's so weird. Like, really? even, even though financially, uh, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not in ruin, but like my net worth <laughs> is nothing, uh, you know, like I, I would not be able to live in Seattle. Um, mm. but, uh, uh, but yeah, just everything else in terms of like how I'm, uh, structuring my day and just like doing shit out here. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. Like just having not a lot around me is enough for my mind basically to, I guess, populate the area with a bunch of thoughts. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, and it works. But, uh, that's awesome. So are, are, you, Where, are you in Seattle right now or are you, uh, are you no, in LA? I'm, I still live in same up in Northridge up in the San Fernando Valley. So nice. yeah, I'm same spot as last summer, <laughs> but, uh, awesome. yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about going back up for, uh, uh, for like a couple months this summer just to back to Seattle. Yeah. Just cause it's, it's like really hot down here. <laughs> like, Oh my but, god! Like we just had a heat wave last week where it was consistently 100 degrees or or hotter, oh. and like at at night, um, especially like my apartment uh, really does a good job of retaining heat. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it's like 90 degrees in my apartment night, and no. I have fans going on. Insomnia. <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Man, that's the one downside of living out there, I guess. But yeah, it's it's, cool. it's it's a small price to play, uh, small price to pay. Yeah, speaking of small prices, it's probably more affordable out there, right? Oh yeah, dude. I, yeah. Like I'm I'm paying I'm paying um, five hundred a month for a one. Oh, bedroom. that's nice. Um, and you yeah, have your, it, it your own place. Yeah, it's more spacious than my than my apartment in New York. Um, <sighs> that I paid double that. Um, oh yeah. And I've got like a backyard carport. Like it, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, like, like it is a little dilapidated, but it works, <laughs> you know, um, worth the price. So yeah. Like, like I, I don't care. It, it's it's no. <laughs> great. There's like, tons of closet space and, uh, and there's a good kitchen. So yeah, it, it checks out. Cool. And which borough did you live in, in NYC? Um, I was in Brooklyn. Um, I, I lived in a couple, couple different neighborhoods in uh, Crown Heights and then also Bushwick. And yeah, so what was that like? You just couldn't handle like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like living around that many people either. It's just too densely populated, I think probably. Yeah, I mean that's something that that definitely I realized uh, later on in, into my you know like like close to the point where I decided I needed to to leave. Um, but uh but like like I was born in the East Village in New York. So it it's oh. always been um and, and like I lived there until I was four and, and we kept visiting every summer for like, you know, a month at a time. Um mm. and and so, so like I, I very much, you know, grew up in New York City despite all despite primarily growing up on Bainbridge Island. Um mm-hmm. and uh so like like I really liked uh, all the freedom that you had in New York uh, of just like how, you know, the city never closed. 
um, there was just there was just a vibe about it that was like uh, I don't know it, it was just like a big playground uh, you, mm-hmm. you know for, for, for like everybody um, adult playground I mean, there's just yeah exactly like there's just tons of culture there like um, you, you see like these old men in the, in the parks uh, playing chess uh, or, or like bocce ball it, it's like there's a it's a really vibrant community out there even though uh it's a lot of people telling other people to go fuck themselves like <laughs> and, and that's and that's just like one of the, the best things it's like it's just this never-ending goof you know and it's, it's like a, a great hang with uh you know with comics in a way um mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> but I, I, I mean i i, I digress with, with the analogies but um yeah it, like i so so I, I really loved that aspect of it and i thought that was for me but um then in just in the time that I was living there and working a, a corporate job, um, it was like, like I quickly saw just how much of that soul had left New York and it, was, it had been basically taken over by, you know, Chase Bank and like, uh, like all, all these big money interests that have just like kind of gutted out the culture. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then it's there are just like way too many people moving to New York, um, or, or there mm. were so like uh, the the population just ballooned and um, yeah. Ultimately, it, I, I had like kind of a a rough acid trip uh, in, in August of 2018. Just I was walking around the city and just getting pissed off at tourists and mm. and, and here's here's the craziest thing. Like wh- when I was on acid that day. Um, I, I had this, uh, uh, this epiphany that like, if there is any major disaster, like the no population way. is so much more now than, it, than it was in 2001, you know, around nine 11, that like the city would be completely fucked. Like they don't have the infrastructure to, uh, uh to, to, to deal with, with, with a major disaster. And then here we are. Uh, you predicted so like it. Now I've got, yeah, so like I had just a shit ton of foresight there. Uh, yeah, and, and that's uh, crazy, dude. Dude, I can't believe that you had that thought. That, and you actually clearly thought that it couldn't handle some sort of disaster. And that's exactly well, yeah. what happened. I mean, yeah, because like, you know, every day that I'd be going to work, like I'm taking the subway and I'd have to change, sub- I'd have to change trains at Union Square and the like those subway stations were built you know like 60 70 years ago uh or or maybe even longer ago than that uh so like the the stairways and the platforms can't handle the volume of people so you have people like waiting up the stairs for the next train to come during rush hour it's like it was kind of a a miracle to me that more people didn't uh fall onto the tracks like just just from the crowd no does that happen often? Um, I mean, not too often, but but like you do hear of it, like like there's usually so, somebody usually either jumps onto the tracks or falls, uh, like like a, a couple times a week. But um, oh my god, you know. But I mean, you know, New York City's like uh, I don't know how many millions of people. Oh yeah, um, and then and then it, all the people. Uh, who, it's a small percentage. <laughs> all the people who don't live in there, and then they work in the city, right? So they come into the city every day. Like, yeah, I mean, other times, not now, obviously, but you know what I mean? We don't have to always make yeah, yeah. that statement. <laughs> People know that what's yeah. going on, you know, <laughs> but, um, what about college? Did you go to college in Washington? 
No, so I actually went to college in uh, in New York as well. Um, I went to mm. Hofstra uh, out, out on Long Ooh. Island, and um, yeah, so I, I got I got a pretty good taste of of what Long Island is really about, and it's not good. It's <laughs> really wait, what's Long oh, Island like? It. Like I have no idea. Uh, it, 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 it's basically Alabama in the north. Um, it, it's really? a bunch of people. Yeah, it's a, it's a really densely populated uh, island that's you know basically a suburb to New York City, um, but nobody ever leaves. So you just have okay. like a lot. So it, it just seems like a lot of uh, Stockholm syndrome. Um, it's huh. like you have all these the all these zombies that talk like this, being like, oh, I would never leave Long Island. Long mm-hmm. Island is where I grew up. It's where <laughs> I got fingered by my priest. It's like <laughs> there are a lot of Catholics there too. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and so like like it, it's just uh, I mean it, it's really weird just how defensive um, these people get whenever any of those stories came out of like you know the Vatican or uh, or, oh, yeah. or you know just just any, any of that stuff going on because like I was a it's journalism obvious. major yeah yeah like I was a journalism major so I would be you know we would be reading articles like that all the time um, and uh, and and having discussions and I'm just like. And then, you know, Catholic classmates would speak up and I'm just like, what the fuck are, are you serious? Like, you're actually defending well, the church. Um, what would they say so in it, defense? Um, I mean, it wasn't any well-formulated argument. Uh, at the, like, it, 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 it basically came down to, you know, this is just somebody uh, who's against the church. It, it, it's like, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't. I, I couldn't even see their side of the argument other than that, like, uh, clearly they've been brainwashed to believe <laughs> that the church can do no wrong. Um, did, like, you, like, had, did you see the movie Spotlight? No, no, I didn't. It's all about that, what we're just talking about. It's, yeah. I think it was like a Best Picture nominee a few years back. So, yeah, there was good there were a lot of movies that I mean, not, like I I don't even know I like I guess I I, I think I've only watched like one movie in the what? last few in the in the last few years. Like I, I've mostly been what? watching like, shows. Um, what so, shows do you watch? This, like the, the, well, so um, you know, like like Rick and Morty, High Maintenance, um, uh, Barry. Uh, and, and then, like, you know, a bunch of those uh, uh, comedy shows on uh, on Netflix, um, like uh, mm-hmm. I Think You Should Leave is, is fantastic. Um, but uh, mm. the, the, the last movie I watched was uh, uh, last week. Uh, I, I saw The Wrong Missy, the new David oh, I heard Spade, that was Lauren good. Lapkus movie. Oh, my God. Good? Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Really? What? Yeah. Um, they... It was, like, over-the-top uh Real, just amazing uh, writing. Can you describe the plot without spoiling anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, um, Lauren Lapkus and uh, and David Spade meet up for a for a blind date, um, and she's pretty she's pretty clearly insane. They're just I mean, fucking off off a rocker, uh, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and so that's how the movie starts. And then, uh, um, and and then at some point, like David Spade meets like a, a 
another lady who's who seems really cool, fucking hot, um, and uh, and and they make out like 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 they 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 have a, a whole thing, um, and uh, you know then they like she she give or yeah he gives her his number, and uh, um, yeah and 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 then they. Uh, it goes from there. Like start start talking and, and yeah, it goes from there and um and and then it just turns out that he got the numbers mixed up. And oh okay. It's a classic mix up. Classic mix up <laughs> and then and so, so I mean like like there's nothing groundbreaking uh about yeah. this movie. Like it has a five point seven out of ten on IMDB, but the mm. comedy writing in it is fantastic. Mm, really? Do you know who wrote it or directed it? No, I didn't. I okay. didn't look at the credits. But it's uh, probably Sandler. Um, it's probably one of those Sandler guys. Oh, it, right? yeah. It was. It, it was, it was uh, Happy Madison once. Um, yep. But those, yeah, those I mean, you know, like Rob Rob Schneider's in it. Uh, uh, Nick Swardson. Um, yeah. <laughs> those. Uh, what are some of your favorite Sandler movies? Oh man, it's uh, <laughs> a great question. You, right? you, you know. Uh, I really liked, um, I mean, it's not, it wasn't the movie, but like his, his stand-up special that he had, um, in mm. 2018 was, was just incredible. Did, did you see it? No, I have not. I'm, I'm not really oh. big on watch. I don't watch much stand-up, honestly. Like I've seen, really? I see, I've seen Burt's specials. I have, let me try to think of specials I watched and then maybe, and then you can chime in if you've seen them. Yeah, I've yeah. seen, uh, Mark Norman's new special. Is great. Oh yeah, that was great. Sam Morell, new special. Uh huh. Great. Um, I saw like one of Eliza's. I like Nikki Glaser. Her special is great on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, um, Nikki's fantastic. She's my. I I don't want to like. I I'd say she's my favorite female c- comedian. Like I like Whitney yeah. too though. But I haven't. Did you see Whitney's special? Uh, I. I don't think I did. If I did, I was way too stoned. Um, I might need to, to go back and see that. It's the one with her robot. So I, right, right. Kind of, I, I remember, like, like, yeah, I saw a lot of stuff about it, and then I just, I don't think I ever actually watched it. But yeah, Nikki's special was great. Um, yeah. it's Whitney's but, is uh, kind of. The, Whitney's is just kind of yeah, too much sorry, of a, like too sticky. Like Whitney's is, is is too much of a stick. Like it's not just like her calm. Like I don't want to see a robot. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to see your robot and your special. But she's trying to be different. You're trying to change it up. But yeah, what what's what about you? What what can we yeah, do? Yeah, well the uh, I mean so so the Sandler special is amazing because it was um, like it wasn't just straight stand up. Like he, he incorporated a lot of music into it. And also shot it at a bunch of different locations, so it was like edited together, uh, which had mm. just kind of a cool, just a cool uh, cinematic effect. Um, mm-hmm. And, and he, he wrote this, he wrote and performed this song um, about Chris Farley that was just, I mean, it, yeah. that that got the waterworks going. Um, really? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, Doug Stanhope's new special um, just dropped on Vimeo a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and and so like like that was it, it's like ten bucks, but um, it's a great special. I think he, he did about an hour twenty. Um, oh wow, that's a long and, one. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's good. Um, where did he where did he do it? 
Oh, that's a Do good you know? question. I um, I I forget. I maybe like Arizona, somewhere in. You think it was it like a home special? It, it, he didn't do it in Bisbee like he did with the uh, uh, the previous one. Um, okay. God, I, I forget where he uh, where he that's shot okay. it. Oh no no, it, it was in Vegas. He shot it in Vegas. Oh, uh-huh. that's a weird place to do yeah. a comedy special. You know, Dude, you don't... it's it's oh no, Vegas is fantastic. Um, is Vegas a good but... comedy town? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it's like the the scene there is is hands down the most supportive. Um, what? That's I, awesome. Like, like, yeah, it, it's it's good and it's supportive, um, which is not a, a common combination. That's, that's um, an interesting point because I think people people who live in Las Vegas are by nature they're all really nice because they have to be nice because their jobs are based on tourists coming, so they have to be yeah. nice to tourists. So they're just that's you know what I mean? Point. Like people who live people who live there are nice in Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are definitely a lot of fucking uh, you know maniacs as well, but uh, everywhere there are but, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but, right? exactly. But yeah, the, the Vegas comedy scene's great. Um, uh, Gary Veter also uh, he, he did his uh, his special in in Vegas. Um, I've heard why there. I've heard of this guy, but where is he um, in NY, New York City or yeah, he, he's he's a New, he's a New York comic. He's a regular at the Comedy Cellar. Um, okay, and is that uh, kind of yeah, I mean. Yeah, like like that, he, he hangs out a lot with with like you know Mark Norman, uh, Joe List, Sam Morell, Joe Mackey, dude, those, you, those guys. You know what? My favorite, maybe my favorite New York City comedian. Guess who I'm about to say? Um, uh, it'd be tough. It's a dude. Uh, Louis C.K. Nah, nah, that's a good one though. Um, Chris uh, yeah, Stefano. yeah. His, I I did watch his new special by the way, and it's it's good. He addressed the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I haven't seen it yet, but dude, I'm I'm on I'm not on Louis. I don't want to like I don't want to be like insensitive, but um, he has just as much a right as anybody to do special. I mean, he can do stand up, and people will go watch him. Like he can do it if he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I, yeah, I, well, it's, it's like all I say about that. that. And and like you know even even though like what he did is is you know uh, it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, he also had what was considered consent in that era. That's why I said, um, I said that I had, which, I've made that argument. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it, sure. it's like, like, I, I don't think like, like, obviously I, I didn't take any of that lightly. Like I had to do a lot of, you know, uh, like I, I, I had to meditate on, on that whole, you know, what I, what yeah. I really thought of, of, of all that. And, uh, having gone down, but like it, it just seemed like it was. It had happened at the like it had come out on the heels of Harvey Weinstein, um, where it was just such a volatile uh, climate already for it um, that a lot of like a, a lot of the uh, stuff that uh, Harvey Weinstein did was actually misattributed to Louis C.K. So like he oh, yeah. never blocked the like he never blocked the door. That was a Harvey Weinstein thing. Um, no. But then okay. just that, those details got lost in the shuffle, <laughs> and, you know, helped to ruin his reputation. But um, people probably yeah, people so just don't it, like. I'm sure people don't like listening to like us defend Louis though. You know what I mean? But I mean, oh no, I, they're gonna hate this. I mean, you're gonna lose. A oh lot dude, of I don't care because of this. No, dude. <laughs> no, no. You you should hear like I'm I'm like. Uh, 
on the other spectrum. I'm like the other spectrum of woke, you know what I mean? So I'm not saying I'm, I'm anything, but I'm just saying like woke people kind of like, it's just like an annoying thing. I don't know. You know, well, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I, I get it. Cause like a lot of it, it just gets lost in semantics. And when you actually <laughs> get down to like the, you know, what actions are you taking? Um, yeah, exactly. It's all about your either, actions. Exactly. To either defend or like, 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 yeah, you're a person should be defined by what they do, not by what exactly. they say on a certain, you know, shitty day they're having. Like Mercury, Mercury exactly. might have been in retrograde, you know. Uh, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> people have bad days and say ridiculous things that they don't mean. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Judge people based on their actions. I think. Yeah. Like if you yeah, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. Exactly. Like if you if you put way too much thought into what you're saying you're going to let that fear uh, control you. And like, that's why I stick to comedy and stick to jokes. Cause like, or, or saying things in a joking manner because I can't take anything seriously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a, you're like the perfect comedian. Cause you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to take anything you say. It's all jokes. So you're, they're not, yeah, you're, I not mean, like, like, they're, you're not a teacher. You're not lecturing. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, and but I, I will say, like, there there are times when, you know, like, obviously you need to take things seriously, like, like everything that's going on right now with the uh, uh, with the riots and, and, and all of that. Like, I, I found myself um, like being way more vocal about uh, racism, really? like in the last few in the last week than than normal. Yeah. Um, like vocal and which I mean, it, um, I mean, j- just in terms of uh, like, you know, like commenting on on social media posts and stuff it, like i'm not normally mm-hmm. a keyboard warrior and like i fucking exactly. hate that because it <laughs> yes, gets exactly. me into a shitty uh, headspace but like yeah just you know what my with ha- yeah do you want to hear my take on yeah, the keyboard because like all right the people who make the most the people who do the most social media posts about like trying to be the most social justice warrior and woke those are the people yeah. who are secretly the most racist. You you know what I'm saying by that? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. they feel in their gut, in, the, in their gut. Because I don't feel, because I don't have any racism inside me. So I don't feel the need to justify, I don't have to justify myself. I don't have to prove right. that I'm not. Because I, I don't have to prove that I'm not anything. Because I know that I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is basically how I see it. Yeah. I mean, so... And like normally, that's my mo as well. Um, but the, uh, I mean, it just just with like all the the with, with everything that's going on in the wake, it, like pretty much in the wake of all the protests, like with the police basically uh, instigating all of the escalation, it's like yeah. that. That's that's where I I draw the line, and I and I, I have to yeah. say like this is all bullshit. Um, sure. And I just, yeah. So, and, and like, it ultimately stemmed from like, I, I took acid uh, last Wednesday <laughs> and, uh, and then I stupidly went on Twitter just to see like, Hey, oh, was no. there anything going on with the, with the MLBPA? And of course there was Max oh. Scherzer, uh, had his tweet. Um, let's talk, but let's then, talk MLB you know, after this. Oh yeah, definitely. Go on, and then, go on. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So like, like I, I was going on to see like, hey, maybe there's some baseball news. But then first thing I see trending downtown L.A. So I click on it, and then I'm I'm just tripping balls, and I'm just seeing everything's <laughs> on fire, 
And oh my God. I'm just like, oh, fuck. This, like, okay, Dude. so this is significant. Um, Dude. And I just didn't know exactly how significant it was, uh, but I feared it would be pretty significant. Um, and so I was about to turn it off, but then I remembered, like, uh, Sarah Silverman, she was on Mushrooms for 9-11. Oh, why? Yeah, so, like, just knowing that, I decided this is something that I should watch because um, this will this has the potential to reshape who I am as a person. And, mm. uh, and yeah, so pretty much from that point forward, I've, I've been, like, way more um, – in tune with with what's going on with with like race but relations and shit. I I think so. What I'm saying, people who do that though, they're not bad people. Like your heart is in the right place. You know what I mean? Like I know oh, right. I, I see where you're coming. I see where you're coming from. So and I yeah, like I support it. I'm just not I'm just not filling my social media with like I just don't I I don't post anything. I'll just post like my I just plug myself. I just I just do like self promotion. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude, and like but, like. That makes sense. Like, like I, I get it because that's that's usually what what I would do. Um, yep, exactly. And, and like, like, like it's, and that that's the thing. Like, it, it is hard to inspire um, people. It's it's hard to get inspired uh, by just seeing something that people are posting. Um, you know, where, whereas like when when you're on psychedelics and you're just full of like like that's when you're in your most selfless, empathetic state. And then you get uh, hit with all this information. It's like, it, it's uh, the the fact that I, that I was able to feel all of, all of that anguish um, is, is what, you know, shifted you, my, my perspective on it. Were you thinking about the, the pandemic when you were on them? Were you like considering all that stuff or were, were you nope. like, what do you think about that? No, um, I, I was, as far as the pandemic goes, I'm just like, all right, let's just, you know, stay home and, uh, sure. and just be safe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's easy, but yeah, like, like, like I'm not, I'm not afraid of, of COVID. Um, no, no, because no, like, no. I know, I know I would be fine. And in fact, I might've even had it. Um, yep. but you know, we, we, don't, we will never know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but like I, at the same time, like a lot of my friends out here in the desert are, are old. Um, oh really? Like there aren't there aren't a lot of young people here, uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's retirement. Um, yeah, lots of reti- lot of retirement. A lot of people that have just been living out here since like the since like the Beatnik era, um, mm. and uh, and and a lot of like really authentic hippies, like people that, really? that have like yeah, like like there, there's this uh, one of my friends out here, uh, Granny Jessie. She's like like 70 or something and she's got like a fucking prison tattoo of a of a pot leaf <laughs> just on her arm she's the fucking sweetest lady but also it's like you don't fuck with her uh even though she's like totally frail and everything she's just like she, she fucking lived life and it's really cool seeing all that oh do- totally that's, um, that's fun where do you meet these people yeah, on the desert um, so they're, um, like, like there's a, a sizable, you know, populace here. Like, like there, there are bars and stuff and, um, and, uh, yeah, like, like there, there are a bunch of family owned places. Um, and, uh, and so like, like I, I go to one of them and, uh, and they've got a, a really nice group of regulars that are just, 
you know, people like me that got, they got burnt out of their past life and, uh, I just wanted to start something fresh here. So it's, kind uh, of, it's a lot of like minds. You kind of remind me of Hunter S. Thompson. That's the name, right? Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, the, he, the Johnny he, he Depp like character. That that, that's the, that's the guy, the guy who Johnny Depp played in Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Is that, yeah, you, dude, I mean, because just, like, being in the, wasn't he a desert guy, too? And he was a... I think so, yeah, I mean, I mean, because, I mean, yeah, Vegas is only three and a half hours away from here, so it's... it's oh, is he a Vegas desert. guy? Um, well, I mean, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, I think, took place there. Uh, oh, yeah. I've actually never remembered what seen the movie, uh, but I need to. Dude, I, dude, you would love that movie. I, I haven't read I, the I book, know, but... it, 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 it's like, I, I don't know how... I'm 30 and I've never seen it. Like I, yeah, <laughs> you gotta watch that. It, it, it's yeah. I, I fuck. I'll put it on today. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's been good motivation for you. But you, so you mentioned uh, MLB. Are you a Mariners fan? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Dude, nice. Big, nice. Uh, I mean, I, I I've been extremely critical of them. Uh, like, like, like throughout the Devacy years in in the 2000s, like I fucking that so, guy just all right. single-handedly d- destroyed the Mariners. Um, so I'm I'm making you the GM right now. How do you turn yeah. around the Mariners organization within the decade? Well, like right now, I think do? they're on a good track. I I I, I think they're but like what I would do is uh, is yield to Jerry Depoto. I think he's doing a good job. Um, he's good. I mean, like, like, yeah, they they've totally restocked the the farm system. Um, I mean, selling high on Edwin Diaz was was awesome, um, and uh, and and like the guys they they've got coming up. Um, in addition to that, you know, in addition to to Kalenic and Dunn, like they've got a uh, uh, that guy Nathan or uh, George Kirby. Um, we just had a uh, bunch of prospects. You're saying. We got prospects. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of prospects, and a few of them are, are close to the majors. So, like, but who, I, I think, who do we have? Do we have an all-star? Um, Jer- like, who's our all-star? Um, you got you got Mitch Haniger if he can stay healthy. Um, he's all right. Hey, he's, I he's mean, he, he well, like 2018, he was he was fantastic. Um, was he an all-star that year? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And. Uh, and but you know then they've got uh, Julio Rodriguez, Noel V. Marte. Um, those, those guys are coming up through the minors right now. Um, and, uh, and 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 Jared Jared Kalenic and um, you just know man you know the team you know all these young guys. Oh, <laughs> That's crazy. I, I yeah I, I used to work in baseball. Uh, <laughs> really? Um, what did you do? Yeah. Uh, like, so I was a player development intern with the New York Mets in uh, what in 2014. Yeah. Uh, so, so I spent the season um, with uh, with their Class A affiliate in Savannah at the time, and now now they're in Columbia, South Carolina. But uh, yeah, so like so, I, I lived in Savannah for the summer of 2014. So, what did you do at that job? What was your daily? Uh, so, yeah, so I was uh, my main thing was uh, was taking video of all the all the players in, in all the home games, um, hmm. and just getting different camera angles and um, and just then uploading all the prospect, all the prospect videos into, uh, into the database, um, that was accessed by, you know, all, all the, uh, the Mets, you know, top tier brass and everything. Um, and, 
Yeah. So like, so I did that and like, basically my work days were typically 12 to 13 hours. Uh, wow. Cause, cause <laughs> like, cause basically instead, so most teams have, um, they have like several cameras that are set that are permanently mounted and set up and, and, uh, feed directly into, um, in, into like a live, uh, pitch tracking database. And okay. uh, the the Mets are extremely low budget, as you might know, as you know, just a regular baseball fan. Um, hmm. So I only had one camera uh, with one memory card. Uh, <laughs> so like I would just have to run around from from side to side to get like all the all the open angles of righty and lefty hitters and pitchers. Um, I'd have to run around the concourse with the with a camera on a tripod. Wow plop the tripod down, set it up, get it. Like, like I, I became really good at this. Um, <laughs> just like get, getting a level shot um, immediately. And then after the game was over, I would have to upload all the video, you know, or get it off the memory card onto the computer and then import it into the software where I would then have to chart pitches. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, so, and so like after... So, so that means that? um so that's like uh like like there's there's a, a virtual strike zone on the computer screen mm-hmm. and I would have to click in one of the uh in one of the nine uh uh rectangles. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah, so like yeah, the nine subdivisions I guess. Um yeah, yeah, and yeah. uh uh yeah, so they uh uh so so like I would I would select where roughly the pitch location was um what type of pitch it was and um and, and the, then the result like was it a ball was it a strike was it a ball in play and if it was a ball in play was it hit on a line on the ground in the um you know was it a pop-up was it hit hard medium or softly um and so t- to put this all to to like import all of this data uh that took about two hours or so per game so i would be in the wow. like you know in, in the clubhouse um uh after you know for two hours or so after each game um or, or actually probably about three hours after because i would have to drive the latin players back to their apartment um <laughs> and then go back to the ballpark and finish up the the work um wow yeah so it, it was like uh i mean it, it was grueling but it was uh it was so much fun was it a hot summer in Savannah? Yeah, but it, it was super humid and, and and yeah, definitely hot. But it was something that I had, that I was able to adapt to, um, just because I was in the heat every day. Um, like I I got to the point where I could comfortably wear jeans at eighty five degrees, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So it was yeah, it was just a lot of getting used to. Um, but, so, uh, so how do you get this? Is this something you always want to do, or, or did you play yeah, baseball? Yeah, I, I mean, like, were you I, a big baseball player. I uh, wasn't a baseball player. I, I really sucked. But, um, but pretty much, <laughs> like all throughout all throughout school, like I just loved baseball so much, and like I, I tried to play, um, but yeah, yeah. I knew that, like, if I really wanted to do something with baseball, which I thought I did. Um, I would need to know everything about it. So I figured like I should just learn. 
And, uh, and, and so like pretty much instead of schoolwork, I would just research baseball, uh, just like baseball <laughs> history, baseball statistics, you know, and, um, you know, so like I graduated from high school with a, with, you know, a C plus average, um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, didn't get accepted anywhere into college and only made it into the Hofstra because I schmoozed the fuck out of the admissions counselor. Um, oh, really? like that, that was, yeah. So like school How'd never you do really that? did me any favors. Um, I, I just, I just, uh, went up to her at, at the, uh, college fair in Seattle and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm John and I would, and, and, and I want to go to Hofstra. Uh, what can I do? What can you do to get me in? And, uh, she was just like, well, here, I'll waive the application fee. And then we just started a wow. friendship and like, we're, we still keep in touch. Uh, e- even though I overall were like, I, I don't necessarily regret going to college, but I like, like, here's, here's how I view going to college. Like I'm happy I went because now I mm-hmm. know that I really didn't need to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that like, I see, I got to see it for what it is and it's pretty much bullshit. Um, unless you, <laughs> unless you're really certain of what you want to do, which I don't think most people are. Um, no, no. And like, uh, com- you're, you're yes. saying a comedian doesn't need to go to college. <laughs> I mean, I think that's yeah, when you um, figure out like what you want to do though. Like a lot of people figure out what they want to do with their life cause at, at college. So uh, yeah, I, I just don't get how they, how they do like, like, because like, like I went there with, maybe it's because I just went in with, uh, with like huge expectations. Um, yeah. Of, of like myself. Cause like I went to college with the idea that I was going to become a baseball broadcaster or mm. journalist or, or, you know, some, I, I was going, I was going to go into broadcasting um, and ideally do baseball play by play. Oh, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah. But you know, the the more I got into it though, the the more I saw just like how outmatched I was uh, for one thing, but but also it was it just felt really um, it felt like a lot of people who were also pursuing that were oh. just like super fragile, damaged people uh, who like like it was it, it was insane to me how um, how much all of these blowhards. Uh, just like worship, like literally worshipped um, the athletes that they covered. So like, Hofstra is a mid-major school, but like mm-hmm. you have all of these radio guys just basically trying to suck their dicks. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was really weird. Um, like, like they're treating them like big celebrities. Yeah, I mean they're they're all about you know just like uh, talking in uh, in hyperbole and just you know, re- referring to things that, you know, that are really they, at best kind of cool, but call them phenomenal. Like, no, uh-huh. just, you, you know, like, like maybe learn to live yeah. a little and, 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 you know, fucking check your reference points. Like, you know, um, <laughs> have some fun. So, like, I just saw so much bullshit with, uh, just w- w- within the people that are, you know, doing all this broadcasting that I was like, I don't, think that's for me i wanted so i decided like at the end of college like i want to actually do something hands-on with baseball so then i decided to start you know reaching out to uh, to different teams and uh in baseball operations departments and just seeing what internships i could get hmm. so i just had a random thought 
didn't Marcus Camby am I wrong? Did Marcus Camby go to Hofstra? Um, who is Marcus Camby? NBA center from the late nineties, early like you know two oh. thousands. But um, I think he, I don't know if he did. I don't know if no, he did. He, but went, he, went to, he went to UMass. Um, oh, okay, he went to UMass. Okay. Yeah. Who's, but, do you guys uh, have a we, famous? Yeah, we we had Speedy Claxton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speedy Claxton on the Sixers. Um, uh, yeah, I think he played for the Sixers. Um, Point I guard. He, I think he also played for the Rocker, uh the Rockets. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I I don't remember exactly. I'll look it up just to. It's your. It's your only. Yes. Only famous alum. Really? Uh, okay. Is there anybody else? Who... Uh, yeah, uh, Christopher Walken went there for a semester. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, Ken Singleton, uh, the baseball player uh, from like the 60s and 70s, uh, and I think he played in the early 80s. Um, he also he also went to Hofstra in the. Okay. I think he graduated in like 67 or something. Um, oh. But uh, so why do you? Why do you think you like baseball so much more than any other sport? What do you um, like about baseball? It w- yeah, I mean, well, because, like, I, I think mainly it was uh, um, because my cousin, uh, like, like I'm, I'm an only child, you know, no siblings or anything. Okay. Uh, so, like, I'm, I'm pretty tight with my cousins. And mm. my um, and my cousin that's closest in age, uh, he's three years older, uh, he li- – he lives in Toronto and is, you know, born and raised there. Um, but he would always come out to visit, uh, on Bainbridge. Um, hmm. and, and like, you know, he and his, his dad would be playing catch or, you know, playing, uh, um, you know, just baseball in the backyard. And, um, and like, I looked up to this guy so much as like, like, like he, he kind of helped shape a lot of, um, my tastes. Like he, he got yeah. me into music uh, cause he's, he's a professional musician. Uh, and like, like he's a really uh, incredibly high aptitude musician, um, mm. like just born with it. Um, and, uh, uh, he, he primarily plays keyboards and, and, uh, um, organ, but, um, but yeah, like he, he can, he's a multi-instrumentalist ultimately. Wait, what's the, um, wait. Is it different? Is there a difference between playing the keyboards and organ, or are they kind of similar? Um, I mean, it, it's. I, I think it's just a matter of, of equipment. Um, okay. So like, yeah, okay. yeah. It's uh, so he, he he's a he's a keys player, plays piano, um, hmm. and uh, yeah. But but in any case, he um, uh, he's also really into baseball when he was a kid because like the Blue Jays back to back World Series champs when he's you know, in, in elementary school. So it's like the coolest thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he comes out to Seattle. I turned, uh, you know, I turned five in, in 95 and mm. all of a sudden Seattle's got a great, you know, franchise. And, uh, mm-hmm. so it, it was just like a, a really, it was just a matter of like right place, right time, circumstances, everything lined up, um, that, I, that like baseball became my favorite thing. Um, and, and who, uh, who is your, who are some of your favorite Mariners of all time? Oh man. Um, Jay Buhner is up there. Ooh, Ed, Edgar Martinez is probably my favorite of all time. Um, Edgar, but, uh, yeah. Wait, but, wait, wait. I mean, wait. is Edgar, is Edgar in the hall of fame yet? 
he didn't make it yet, did he? Yeah, 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 he did. Oh, he did? Did he just make it this last year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was inducted oh, with uh, with Mariano Rivera and Mike Messina and um, okay. Frank Thomas. Or, no, not Frank Thomas. Um, Jim Tomey. Um, oh, yeah, okay. But it had been a while. He'd been trying to get in for however many years, right? Yeah, it, it was his last time on the ballot, I think. Oh, it was? Um, <laughs> yeah. So wow. It, it was it was lucky. Um, How did I not know? But, uh, I, I'm sure I I'm sure I watched that happen, but just so many things happen that you just forget. But yeah, totally. I have. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do you think so? Like, objectively, do you think Edgar should be a Hall of Famer? Like, from if you weren't a Mariners fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think so. Just because he revolutionized, um, uh, you know, the designated hitter position. Like he's the first guy that but, like became an mm-hmm. elite designated hitter. But some that might be some people's argument for why he shouldn't be in because he didn't play a position. He didn't play the field. You know what I mean? You know, some people yeah. say that. I know people say that, but at the same time, like pitchers don't bat either, and it's um, for sure. Like like. And and the thing is, the way Edgar Martinez treated the position uh, of, of designated hitter, it was like he was playing a defensive position, just with how just because he was always working on his hitting. Um, like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just looking at his uh, at his career stats now, and I mean, like this guy was off the charts. Uh, What's a crazy wait, hitter? Was his was his career batting average three hundred? Isn't it like around three hundred? Uh, yeah. Yep, he hit three twelve. Um, what? The, the most that's so good. It, yeah, that's his good, double. But like the yeah, he had five hundred fourteen career doubles. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he had twelve hundred RBIs. Um, mm-hmm. and, but the but like the craziest stat to me is um, is that he had a, a one hundred forty seven OPS plus. Which uh, is, mm. like that's sort of an advanced stat, but uh, the idea is that um, the average major league hitter OPS plus is 100. So if 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 his mm-hmm. OPS plus is 147, that means he's um, measurably almost um, like 50 to- uh, 50 percent better than the average player. So it's so, um, can- yeah, but so can you like or, you know, than the average hitter, like yeah, yeah. In simple terms, what is OPS plus? Um, so like, OPS you... plus is yeah. So it, it's um, it's it's like the OPS stat, which is just on base percentage plus slugging percentage. Um, but then the plus aspect is um, uh, it just accounts for that it's adjusted to the player's uh, uh ballparks. So, mm. uh, so like, like it, it, it's all relative, um, to all the other hitters at those same, uh, facilities or, or same That's stadiums. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. So, so like, yeah, cause it's just a matter of like, uh, you know, averages and standard deviations, which is, it's just basic statistics. Um, are you, and, are you uh, big, you must be big on the stats on the, are you like a Billy Bean type? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not extremely into stats, but like I have a, a basic enough understanding of it um, that like it's it's interesting to me. Um, I definitely think that baseball is a little too stat heavy right now because it seems mm. uh, 
it seems like it's more um, like it, it seems like it's more stats uh, with with the intent of of um, lowering player salaries than it is like finding ways to uh, uh, to effectively build a team. Um, like what like I, I think it's there's a fine line between um, you know what Billy Bean did with Moneyball and what all the owners uh, what all the teams in the league are doing now with um, with coming up with all these stats that will that are basically to diminish a player's uh, market value. Um, are are there any teams that are hold like kind of holding out under the old school style of the eye test? No, um, it, it's no. That's yeah. Like, like scouting departments are like like the Houston Astros. Um, they gutted their scouting department a couple of years ago because you know they have technology okay. um, and. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, illegal but, but but like a, a lot of but like a lot of teams have been uh have gotten rid of their scouts um or really? if they do have scouts yeah, yeah like um uh like there there just aren't as many as there as there used to be um cuz they can just look a up lot the numbers of, yeah they can look up the numbers and and it it ultimately seems to be that like it doesn't really like, like you can basically trust that the best, the, that the most talented players will, you know, they'll they'll make themselves known. Um, so like mm-hmm. it's not really that necessary for their like teams don't deem it necessary for scouts to go out and find you know discover players because if the player knows that he's any good, he'll leave. He'll go find you know where the uh, you know where the teams are where you know where the showcases are and everything. Um, so, so, it's, uh, so what, yeah. Uh, what was like, what makes a, a good scout? Like what differentiates, like, not just, is it just like their percentage of how often they're correct about a player being good or like, yeah, what are they looking for? Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty, that's usually what it, what it is. Um, it, it's, it's like how many, um, how many players are they responsible for the team signing? Um, oh. and, and, and the percentage of those players, uh, that make it to the majors. Um, and, okay. uh, yeah, so it, it's, a, like, it very much is a, um, a, a job that requires just a lot of feel and, uh, and, hmm. and just intangible stuff. Like it requires a lot of spirit. Um, like hmm. a lot of, a lot of scouts that I've met, um, like they're weird fucking people. <laughs> because they're, really? they're just operating. Yeah. Cause like they're, they're, you know, operating at this, uh, at just like a higher frequency or, or something, you know, um, like just yeah. with, with whatever vibe or feel that they get from, from watching a player, uh, you know, do something like, uh, you know, there's, there's some guys who, um, like scouts will sometimes fall in love with players that are just extremely talented, um, that don't, and then they don't wind up, be doing anything in, in professional baseball. Um, and then sometimes their scouts will be just totally wrong. And, um, uh, you know, like they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be like, ah, this guy's a scrub. He's, you know, he'll, he'll never amount to much. Uh, he'd be, he'd, it would be a miracle if he made it to the majors. And then, you know, the, sometimes those players yeah. will, uh, will go on and do great things. Um, so here, I have a couple questions. So um, do you think yeah. you're looking at like, all right. So, do you think they're looking at like 
body language, like not even how the player yeah. plays, but how, how they run from their position to the dugout after the inning, like the in-between yeah. the play. Is that the kind of yeah, thing? Like they're tangibles. Yeah, there's, there's a, yeah, there's stuff like that. Um, I mean, like that stuff, I guess, probably is tangible because, you know, you see it happening. But, um, okay. but, yeah, yeah. but, like, True. but, but, but it, what, what it indicates is, I guess, intangible um, because mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, like, like if you see a player that's like, you know, giving, you know, hustle and everything and, you know, always gets places on time, um, you know, looks you in the eye, gives you a firm handshake, all that. That's a guy with mm-hmm. confidence, and it's like you need to have confidence if you're going to succeed in baseball you, because baseball com- is a game of failure. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think confidence matters in baseball more than any other sport? Um, no, I, I just think it matters that in, in any, you know, any professional sport. Like, you have to have it. Um, like, I, I mean, I, I actually, yeah, I guess in terms of the importance of it, baseball, yeah, because you, it, yeah, baseball, it's easy to lose it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, lose your temper, like lose your, your cool, you mean, right? Um, kind of? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm saying like, like baseball, it's really easy to lose your confidence because it's, it's a, oh, lose your confidence. It's like it's, okay. It's, yeah, so it's a game of failure. It's a, like, like if you succeed 30% of the time, that's considered good. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and at the same time, like uh, pitchers, you know, you can uh, like sure you just because you can throw a hundred miles an hour doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to have success. Like you also got to know how to locate your pitches and how to mix it up and and hide the ball from the hitter and and, and so it's uh um yeah so confidence matters a ton because like you need to have a strong mental game in order to execute your your game plan uh for every at bat um and when you're on the on think, the base paths and or in the field do you think it matters more for the pitcher or for the hitter like which um, one needs more confidence oof. i think it's, do you want to uh, hear my do you want to hear my choice i i i think it's the same um ooh i was going to say the pitcher I think that because the pitcher has to, the, the they have to face every hitter, but the hitter only has to come up against the pitcher once every, you know, <laughs> it's like a constant but, testing but, for the pitcher. But 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 even so, it's it's always going to be that seventy thirty you know success ratio. Um, that, that's oh yeah, that's be, true. You know, that, that's just fundamentally in in the advantage of the defense. Um, so it, it's pitchers, but but it but in terms of execution with the pitches like that's that's all that's everything that the game is it's it's like can the pitcher locate his pitch and if he can't can the hitter pick up on that mistake and capitalize on it um and like that and that's why Edgar Martinez was such a great player cuz he why? had the the most amazing eye um oh. and especially in an era where where batters were uh, were striking out a ton and you know they still are. Uh, he he kept strikeouts um, uh, like across his career. His he's he walked more times than he struck out, which is not that's amazing. Typical. Yeah, that's amazing, right? <laughs> that there's probably not that many like players who have done that for like a long career. But that's crazy. Right. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you, you know, you, about, you look at somebody right. like Mark Reynolds. <laughs> Mark, wait. 
uh, Diamondbacks, Mark Reynolds. He's uh, a big home run yeah, hitter, yeah, he, always I mean, strikes out. He, yeah, exactly. He, he, I think he set the, the single-season record for most strikeouts. Uh, with, yeah. Uh, with, what do you have? 223? That's yeah. so many. Um, More than one a game. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, that guy struck out um, struck out 175 times uh, three years ago. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, 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 then, and and only walked 69 times. But then, how many? Well, you have 45 homers. Like a big home run hitter, right? Yeah, he had 30 that year. Okay. Um, hey, what about so? What about the minor leagues? Have you been hearing about like how some teams might be going away for the minor leagues? Oh, yeah, um, because uh, Rob Manfred is wait, a wait, terrible commissioner. Wait, what happened? Did you put me on speakerphone? Uh, no, no, no. I, I just uh, had to uh, unplug and, and re-plug in my, uh, my, my mic. Yeah, your voice your voice just went away. You're oh, gone. Hang, hang on a second. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. It should be good now. Um, are you able to hear it? No, it, it went away. It was good, but oh. then it went away. Okay, yeah. I mean, on. that's okay. Okay. Hang I was going to say, I mean, we're pretty close to wrapping up anyway. But, I mean, you should figure – if you can figure it out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is – Huh? Uh, can, can you hear me now? Yeah. No, me? I just – it just so – it just solely sounds – way different than it used to. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, yeah, that's okay, though. I mean, we're we're pretty much done, right? Yeah, yeah. But say, I mean, say I, something. I yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't really hear you that much. Okay, yeah. The, uh, it, it's okay, though. I mean, all right. <laughs> or yeah, or I, I can call you back. Do you, want, do you want to just end it and then I'll call yeah, you back you know, in a minute? Yeah, call me back. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Drove downtown in the rain, 9.30 on a Tuesday night. We will. All right, here we go. We're back. All right, man. Um, There was is there that much you, else you want? We were talking about minor leagues. We were talking about. Yeah. So what do you think about the yeah. minor leaguers, minor league teams going away? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. Um. Because like oh so you know I I worked you know with minor league teams and, uh, and and gone to a lot of minor league games in my life and like um, a lot of the the cities and communities that you know go to the games like depend on them for you know for jobs and also just for for entertainment and, and they also create opportunities for more baseball players to get a shot at playing professionally um, like it's a it's a really good system that that like has been working fine for years, but um, but I, I don't know. It, it seems like Major League Base, like the entity Major League Baseball, is trying actively to ruin baseball. Um, <laughs> like, because basically, what what I think they're trying to do with this is is outsource the minor leagues, uh, the, the minor leagues to independent. Uh, independently run minor league teams or, or minor leagues, um, you know, because like in addition to uh, affiliated minor league baseball, there are also um, like four or five um, independent 
professional baseball leagues in, uh, you know, across the Americas. Um, so what's the difference between the independent ones and the minor leagues? Are they kind of similar? Yeah, so they're they're similar in terms of um, in, in terms of skill level and, and uh, you know like game quality, but the uh, um, but the independent teams are made up of players that have been released by affiliated teams, and uh, and are still looking for a way to keep their baseball careers going, and and sometimes those players will uh, put up some good numbers in the independent leagues, and then a, another affiliated major league team will will give them a shot. Um, you know, so like a, a few players have been able to uh, to revive their careers that way, like um, uh, Rich Hill, uh, Scott Casimir did, um, and uh, I think David Peralta of the of the Diamondbacks as well. Um, it's uh, hey, yeah, there, there are a lot there are a lot of guys that have, that have come from you know independent baseball. Um, you might, but you might know the answer. most people. Come oh, out sorry. From the yeah, yeah. Um, you might know. Um, what are are there any like really good MLBers who were totally overlooked by scouts? Like, do you know good examples of that? Yeah. Um, let's see. There was. Uh, I mean, like you know, Mark Burley, for example. Um, he was drafted in the 38th round um, in I think 1998 or 99, and mm. then like he went on to have. Uh, you know, a borderline Hall of Fame career. Um, like, mm-hmm. probably not a Hall of Famer, but he's, uh, but he had a really good, really good career. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Mike Piazza was another guy um, who, that's just an example of, uh, you know, hard work paying off and, um, and you should take uh, steroids. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, is, he, is he a Hall of Famer? He was great. Yeah. Did yeah, he, he make it? He got in uh, with, Hey, he made it in with Griffey. What's your view on all the steroid guys? Do you think they should all just let everybody like? Because my opinion, yeah. I think let everybody into the Hall of Fame, but then just yeah. make it known on their plaques, make note of it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's, it would be important to have a um, to have like a section of the Hall of Fame where all those uh, you know that that covers the steroid era and it basically says like, hey, here's what happened. And uh, and like what was done to uh, to curb it or whatever or, or to change it what 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 resulted from it, um, but instead like they're still running away from their own history, and it's it's sad to see because like you know sure steroids overall not a good thing but um, they made baseball like really fucking fun. Um, <laughs> I mean yeah Bonds oh yeah was already. Like Barry Bonds is already going to be a top five all-time player, and mm. then to see that on steroids was just the coolest shit in the world. Um, and of, mm. of course, like I hated him at the time, but like now that I've I've like grown up and I've seen, you know, like I've been in enough situations where I would, where I I could imagine like what would I do if I, if I were in Barry's shoes? Uh, everybody else is doing it. Uh, these less talented players that are taking steroids or getting all the spotlight and endorsements and, and like getting all the love and the MVP awards. Um, fuck them. I can show <laughs> you how much better I am. And like, that's so, so like, I, I think Barry Bonds is the best player of all time and, mm. uh, and he should totally be in the hall of fame. 
Um, and, but I, also, I think it should also, but yeah, they, they should just have like a, um, they should include, you know, the other steroid guys too, like Palmero and uh, Manny Ramirez and they made it, baseball fun. Wasn't it legal at the time in the late nineties? They hadn't really banned stuff, had they? No, exactly. No. Uh, the, okay. The first, the, the first, year of suspensions was 2004 um oh yeah and uh and, and like the first guy suspended was uh was a little known player named uh alex sanchez and i think he was suspended for uh testing positive for a stimulant which makes sense because he was like a really scrawny fast guy um <laughs> but uh um yeah like it, it was it was so dumb. Like the the first players that that were testing positive for for banned substances were like guys that were fringe players anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like what? But but yeah, back to like it it was legal in the '90s, uh, or it wasn't illegal. You know, there was no official stance. All the while, everybody knew it was going on. Like it's not like the sports uh, reporters didn't know. Like it was obvious. Um, but you know, they're, it's their job to like make these guys look good, because uh, like sports journalism usually isn't actual journalism. Like it's it's independent, independently published PR for that that worships players. Uh, and and mm-hmm. um, you think and so they don't all, criticize so all the while enough? That, what's that? Oh, um, no, keep going, go on. Yeah. Um, no, so, so like, you know, all, all the while, like these guys are getting, uh, like they're just blowing all this stuff up their ass um, and, and worshiping them. You're, it, it's insane that those, that those same reporters are now turning around and, uh, you know, retroactively uh, going on a witch hunt. Like, it's so stupid. Um, that, like yeah. the, re- the reality was it was a great time for baseball and uh, and everybody knew it. And it didn't fucking matter that they were on steroids. Why? Why this uh, latent punishment? And that's also crazy that it was going on the same time as the because you know I, I didn't watch the Last Dance, but I just keep hearing about people talk about the Last Dance, and it was going on the same time as Jordan was the the late the late 90s the steroid like Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire yep. was that 97. And something like that. Ninety-eight, but, and and um, okay, but I mean, yeah, yeah but but still, ninety-nine was was another home run race. Like uh, both Sosa and McGuire hit sixty home runs again in, in ninety-nine. So, um, yeah, it's like it was insane. And then yeah, you, you also had you had the Bulls. You had uh, the the Knicks were good then. Um, mm-hmm. the Sonics were fucking great. Like Hating. it was such a it, it was great because like the Seahawks were the only bad Seattle team. Like it was, and like and I didn't give a fuck. I loved it because we had the Mariners and Sonics. Like that, I was faded. That was all I needed. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, wait, so have you? So also, there's a new Lance documentary coming out, but I mean, I'm not gonna watch it okay. either. But I just want to speaking of steroids, I want to defend. I defend Lance Armstrong because just like we're saying, everybody was doing it. So I don't, I don't mind Lance Armstrong. Because you know how people are, like, bashing him now? But what's he supposed well, to do? They're bashing he, him now. Because he lied? Yeah. But what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to... Touch me. Take me to that other place. All right. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> we were just talking about Lance. Um, 
it just cut us off mid Lance conversation, so we don't have to go over oh, that again, though. Um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Lance, Lance is, is a, a net positive guy because he raised a lot of money, and you don't have to like him as an individual, and that's okay. <laughs> and yeah, right. Like not like there's lots of there's like lots of good people who are like also bad. You know, right? good people who do bad things, bad people who do good things. There's all sorts of mixes out there, I think. Yep. But um, but what what's tell me what story were you just telling me though? When I ended, cut you off there. Um, oh god, I don't even know. I, Shroom, uh, you're you shrooming. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 right. So yep. I, I was yeah. So I was on mushrooms a few weeks ago, and and pretty much the peak of that trip, um, I existed in a realm that consisted of only two things, just the two fundamentals of the spirit, uh, which are love and fear. And what I noticed is that whenever I would, uh, uh, you know, meet something with, with a question that was like, 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 like basically anything that would, uh, um, that, that I wasn't sure of, I would, I would ask a question, um, and I would have to do it from, like, I would have to ask the question from a place of love in order for me to get uh, an answer that made me feel good. Uh, if, if I was asking from a place of fear, it would, uh, it would just kind of fuck everything up and I would see the world as an evil place. Uh, so, yeah, basically, I just try to approach everything, uh, you know, with, with a sense of love rather than fear. So that's why I don't worry about, like, taking people down on the internet or, um, or, you know, like, like any of that shit. Cause like, that's, that just seems like something that's done out of fear of where they so, find themselves in the middle of this thing. So are you saying like fear is the opposite of love? Like they're on the opposite sides of the spectrum? Yep. That's really interesting. I like that. <laughs> that, yeah. that reminds me of interstellar. Have you seen interstellar? Well, you're no, not a movie. Yeah, you're not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. Um, I like that though. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's that's all there is. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man, dude. Is there anything? Oh, tell me about your podcast, Desert Talk. Oh yeah. What do you guys talk about? Uh, so I pretty much just go off on uh, um, just whatever stream of consciousness is coming. Uh, it's just flowing to me. It's um, uh, like I'll, I'll usually talk about my week and just, you know, stuff that's on my mind. Um, and then occasionally, like, I'll, you know, get a, like, something will spark and I'll, I'll get a new a new thought and I'll just turn that into a long tangent. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's it's just my own rambling podcast. Um, listenership isn't great. Uh, <laughs> Dude, but um, but it, it, it's good enough just to keep myself sane. Uh, when did you start it? Just, uh, last last August. Um, yeah, it's still brand new. It's a new podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still pretty There's, new. I yeah, I just decided like I needed to just have something that I'm always where I'm always creating. Um, yeah, and basically just just keep myself accountable for uh, just for for being creative, you know, even when I don't want to be. Yeah, and I. Like definitely don't even worry about listenership. Like that's because I would just just keep doing it. Like all that matters is that you keep 
make keep creating keep making stuff and then people will eventually like catch on and that's yeah i mean it's, it's what do you think no that, that that's how i operate like i don't yep. really give a fuck about um, yep. <laughs> a, a, a lot of the you know external stuff like um like i i make what i make and and i think it's all right uh and some people might think it's really good and it's, yeah and and they'll discover it if, if they you know if they need to uh, so it's, it's, it's fine either way. Um, yeah. And, and also you're, you're doing it for yourself. Like you were just saying, like, so you're not even doing it. Yeah. You're, it makes you feel better. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all coming from a place of love, you know? Yeah, exactly. And do you, you play music too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I play guitar and mandolin and singing. Do you do? Yeah original music or play covers or what um i i did write a couple songs uh you know the first couple weeks into quarantine um and uh but yeah i had to uh um or i didn't have to do anything i um <laughs> that was, that was, those were just like the first two songs i'd written in like five years uh, wow like I've, I've very much been like an on and off songwriter uh for okay for, like Pretty much since I was 11. Dang, that's pretty. That's young to start writing songs. Um, how would who would you compare yourself to? Like, are you like like folk? I bet you're kind of folk. Um, I, I I don't think I'm folky. Like like I'm like I'm definitely exploring more of like the. Uh, I mean, just, just writing from personal experience and uh, uh, or just my own thoughts. Um, like. If, if I put myself in a genre, it would probably just be like, like psychedelic desert rock. Um, oh, wow! But, uh, but yeah, like like it's um, I, I pretty much just write whatever, just anything that comes up uh, when I'm when I'm playing um, that I didn't plan for. So, have, yeah, have it's, you it's heard natural process? Yeah, have you heard of Animal Collective? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that kind of the your your vibes? I haven't listened to them much actually, but um, but like I, I'm a big fan of uh, of Krongbin, um, and uh, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, oh. So yeah, it's uh, uh, like like, like I, I love you know that whole uh, uh, genre of like you know new psychedelic rock coming out. Can, um, can you name like a name like a more mainstream person that? I would recommend. Uh, Damon Paula. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's probably the most mainstream as it, as it gets because, yeah, Psych Rock doesn't really get out out there too much um, outside of, huh. like, the, you know, the scene it has, uh, but, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of – are there a lot of lyrics it's, or is it, is it oh, more – Oh, yeah, it's, it's everything. Like, like it's – there isn't even one sound. It's like so many different sounds. Um, like the only way to really understand it is to listen. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a white. Sorry, what did you say? Like the only way to really understand the genre is just to is just to listen to as many oh, different yeah. <laughs> artists as you can. Like yeah, that's the only way to really understand anything, right? It's by first it's by firsthand experience, not by having someone tell you about it. It's by yeah, man. Going and doing it yourself. But, um, yeah. Yeah, dude. But yeah, I, I, 
I've got another podcast that I'm uh, uh, that I'm doing, um, uh, like like at about five minutes. Um, really? And, and that oh. podcast, if, if if I can plug it, is um, it, it's another podcast that I host, uh, and it's actually just about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, which is my favorite band. And uh, so, like, I just talk with different fans from all over the world um, about our love for them. What's it so called? That, that podcast. That podcast is called. I'm not a fan unless I have a podcast, uh, which is just a play <laughs> on one of their song titles. Um, That's funny. Yeah. And you, wait, so you're saying you talk to fans around the world? Yeah, yeah. So like they've got a um, uh, there's like a few different Facebook fan page uh, fan pages that um, that I'm a part of, and and that's how I I get all my that's how I arrange all my guests to be on, um, and then uh, we we just you know, record over Zoom, and, uh, uh, yeah, then I, I publish, you know, I publish it to all the podcast platforms through Anchor and, and on YouTube. Yeah, that's inspirational for me, because that, that's what I've been doing, like, I since, you know, I hit you up, i just been hitting, yeah, yeah. I just hit people up now, I'm like, want to call in my podcast? <laughs> that's like my new thing. Yeah, dude, so. it's, it's fucking fun, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, man, that was really fun, yeah, thank you for doing that, that was awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, good luck right. with yeah. Have fun talking to the fans of wait King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah, you got it, dude. I nailed it first try. Most, most, most people don't. Most people don't nail that the first time or even the tenth. Like it's uh, yeah. <laughs> dude, I can't believe I just nailed that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. Now you, you um, got it. All right, man. Uh, thanks for giving me so much time and. Have a have fun. Have a good day. Stay safe. All right, thank you. you too, dude. All right. Take it yep. easy. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Rate, review, share, subscribe, baby.